President Joe Biden set to deliver a big speech tonight, highlighting his 100 days in office. We'll talk about that next with Congressman Darren LaHood here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. 812, I'm Greg Bishop. You can always email me, bishoponair at gmail.com. You can also uh, find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram to search out Bishop on Air. Congressman, thanks for taking time. Of course, you've got a busy schedule, I'd imagine, uh, especially with the speech tonight. Uh, I do want to talk about that in just moments, but uh, let's get your reaction to Illinois losing a seat in Congress. Uh, and uh, where exactly do you think that that's going to come from? Uh, good morning. Hey, good morning, Greg. Great to be with you and your listeners. Well, obviously, the news on Illinois is disappointing. It's unfortunate, but it's not surprising. Uh, Illinois continues to hemorrhage people out of the state, and that's due to poor public policy that we've had out of Springfield, uh, fiscal mismanagement. We continue to raise taxes on people. We have a bankrupt pension system and then public corruption. And so uh, we've seen we've seen this go on for years after years after years. And so uh, I'm just glad we didn't lose two seats because of our population loss. And I will just say this. Um, Greg, you know, you look at the states that gain population, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Arizona, Montana, even um, they all have low taxes or no state income tax. They have a thriving business climate. They all have term limits, by the way, for their state legislators. Right. Um, and so they have these things that are in place that are a recipe for attracting people to their states. People want to move to those states because of all those things I just mentioned. And it ought to be a wake up call for Illinois that that's what you ought to do, or you're going to continue to have people leave the state, which we have in Illinois. Illinois is one of three states that lost population from 10 years prior, and we're the only state in the region. All of our neighbors are keeping all of their uh, seats in Congress, but Illinois is losing one. Uh, And as you mentioned, it was a big question. Uh, We knew we were going to lose at least one. Uh, and whether or not we were going to lose two was uh, was uh, was still up in the air until Monday when that those numbers were released. Uh, what does this portend for uh, the control of Congress come the uh, midterm election and the twenty twenty three Congress? Well, well and, and let me just uh, just a, for a second, a little history here. Every ten years for the last forty years, Illinois has lost members of Congress, and and ironically, the Democrats have have essentially been in control of the state legislature since then. Again, I hope this is a wake-up call for others. Uh, Again, uh, look at states, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. They didn't lose any members of Congress because they have a good business climate. They've controlled their spending. They uh, don't have a bankrupt pension system. So what does this mean moving forward? Well, we're going to lose a seat, as you mentioned, Greg, which, uh, you know, that means we're going to lose more power in Washington, D.C. that Illinois is going to have. Now it's up to the state legislature to draw the maps. And you know, as we as many may have seen yesterday, Governor Pritzker backtracked on a fair map. It's kind of the bait and switch, right? The bait was, oh, I support a fair map. I'm on record of doing it when he ran for office. And then yesterday he switches. Um, the Sun-Times this morning called it uh, a flip-flop. That's exactly what it is. And so now you're going to have politicians picking their voters in redistricting and drawing the lines to make them very Democratic. I can't wait for Eric Holder to come in and file suit against the Democrats because he's doing it everywhere else in the country on gerrymandering. Uh, But for some reason, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to turn a blind eye to Illinois on doing that. But we need to have an independent, fair commission drawing the maps in Illinois. That's what the people want.
Congressman Darren LaHood with us on the WMAY Morning News feed and uh, ultimately Illinois losing uh, power in Congress uh, while those seats being shifted. I think, well, Texas picked up two seats. Uh, so uh, you can kind of see the demographic shift uh, from uh, these uh, these states run like Illinois to other states that uh, may have uh, surpluses in their budgets or different types of uh, business type policies. Uh, Congressman, uh, tonight the president's going to be delivering a uh, message to the joint session of Congress and uh, to the American people. First hundred days. What's your assessment? Well, I give Joe Biden a D, uh, a D for uh, deficit uh, in terms of his first 100 days. I mean, I, Greg, I went to Biden's inauguration speech on January 20th. I thought it was important to be there. Uh, and I listened to his, his speech. It was actually a very good speech. Talked about unity, talked about working together, talked about uniting the country, talked about bipartisanship. Great rhetoric. But over 100 days, we've seen just the opposite. His $2 trillion COVID bill didn't get one Republican vote in the U.S. Senate or the House. That's really hard to do. Uh, the unmitigated uh, disaster at the border uh, hasn't sought any bipartisan support uh, on that. Uh, he's had over 60 executive orders where he has circumvented the Congress. Um, and, and, and again, he rolls out an infrastructure plan that talks about raising taxes as we're coming out of a pandemic. And so, uh, again, it's been a lot of empty promises from Joe Biden. And so, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he says tonight. Uh, but but he, he has not governed by the way he talked in his inauguration speech. And frankly, I think Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the squad are the ones driving the agenda uh, and not Joe Biden. Do you foresee that uh, um, with the continued push for things like H.R. 1, uh, the election overhaul, uh, essentially federalizing elections or uh, this this proposed infrastructure plan, which is not all infrastructure and there's a lot of other things in there. Uh, do you think that's just going to further divide Congress even more so than it is with the 50-50 split in the Senate and just a very narrow margin Democrat control in the House? Well, listen, on, on infrastructure, Greg, people got to remember, for the last 30 years, every infrastructure bill we passed at the federal level has been bipartisan. Republicans and Democrats working together. Now Joe Biden wants to go a different direction. First of all, the definition of infrastructure, you talk to anybody in Springfield, Illinois, the definition of infrastructure is roads, fixing potholes, fixing up bridges, uh, fixing up the rail system. That's infrastructure. Joe Biden now wants to define it as health care housing for the poor, child care, that may be fine. We ought to deal with that. And, and there's a time and a place to do that. But that's not infrastructure. And then secondly, now he wants to raise taxes on individuals, on small businesses um, to pay for infrastructure. We've never done that. That's a complete distortion of the tax code. Normally, you fund infrastructure through some type of user fee. If you use the airport, you're going to pay a fee to, to uh, that goes into a fund that, that pays for airports. Same with the roads, right? That's why we have um, the gas tax at the federal level. That funds infrastructure. And so we got a, so it's a distortion. So that, that's a real problem. You talked about H.R. 1, too. Um, again, that's not a bipartisan approach to take. H.R. 1 is, is going to um, vastly change our voting system, uh, make our voting system like California, where you have ballot harvesting, you don't have to show an ID. Uh, it's a system that is, uh, ripe for, for fraud, uh, as we saw in six different states during this election. So I, I think it's really, really problematic if Joe Biden continues to go down this path without reaching out to Republicans and working with them. We are a divided nation, Greg. 50-50 uh, Senate. It's the closest governing majority in the House. It's three, three seats. And as we saw, Donald Trump got 75 million votes. 
Biden ought to work together. That's what people want. Yeah, it's not clear that there's a uh, a large mandate to move forward with just uh, one party rule uh, in the U.S. Congress. Uh, Congressman Darren LaHood with us. Uh, how much do you think that the president's going to address threats from overseas? And in particular, do you think that he's going to take a hard line against uh, a country that you've been highlighting as a, a, a large threat? And that's China. Well, I hope so. I mean, China is an existential threat. That term gets overused in D.C., Greg, but but I'm going to continue to talk about it. I mean, this is our generational challenge to the U.S. is China, whether it's in the uh, technology space, whether it's in trade, whether it's with human rights, whether it's, um, uh, you know, with um, in our military. China continues to uh, not abide by the same rules and laws that every other industrialized country in the world. They continue to cheat. Uh, they continue to take advantage of the U.S., uh, and they, they want to, uh, you know, beat us economically. And if we don't wake up and if we don't put policies in place and take a harder line, we're in deep trouble. You saw the meeting uh, about a month ago up in Alaska with uh, the Secretary of State, Blinken. Right, yeah. He met with his Chinese counterparts there. It was a That disaster. didn't go well. Yeah, that didn't go well. Uh, no, it, it didn't go well. And, and we have to start being more forceful. I mean, listen, what President Trump did in getting China's attention was he started putting tariffs on them. He started using uh, uh, sanctions on them. He started uh, a harder line. That's what we have to use. That's what China has been doing there. Uh, and, and we also have to start working with our allies on on taking a forceful approach to China. And that starts with Biden. And so people are looking for results. They're looking for tangible policies moving forward and using every tool in our arsenal to hold China accountable I'll be listening tonight to see if Biden takes action on that. Congressman Darren LaHood, always appreciate connecting with you. And uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy morning and uh, connecting with us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Have a great week. Thanks, Greg.